I promise during uh, this taping, there will be no con uh, consuming of any sort of things that are in a bag that may or may not look like other things that come in bags. Um, but I will not, I will make uh, no promises towards ridiculous takes and uh, me trying to find a way to frustrate the fans in Houston about their pathetic, uh, about their pathetic te Texans. Uh, I love the internet for many reasons, Dan, people freaking out about the uh, uh, it's, it's Cleveland Browns weed versus uh, sunflower seeds is one of those absolutely like uh, how many people get your mom off Twitter. Okay. It's sunflower seeds. All right, people. Yeah. Well, th the best part about it all is that, uh, while yes, it absolutely did look like a couple bags of weed were being passed around on yes. the sidelines by players in uniform. Uh, there's a little something called Occam's razor that might come into play where it's like, Hmm, what's more likely here? Is it that a group of NFL players are so bold fighting for their <laughs> roster spots that they are going to bring Ziploc baggies of weed, not even weed. vacuum sealed at that, uh, to the party. Instead of maybe just sunflower seeds, which is the most commonly eaten thing in all of sports on the sideline. Uh, it uh, is hilarious. hilarious. <laughs> you know, it. it's just a perfect internet. I mean, it's perfect internet. It really is. Fodder. ready made for Twitter. Yeah, it also just goes to show you how desperate we are for real football. Like, I mean, uh, even though I will always take Justin Fields throwing three touchdown passes in the first half against any team. Uh, even though Miles Garrett wasn't playing, and he made sure to note that after uh, after the uh, in the post game press conference, we are desperate for real football at this point. And Nebraska and Northwestern is not real football, even though I love the Cats and. Uh, yeah, and uh, onside true. kicks when you're up and you have the momentum don't make a lot of sense. Not ideal. I will say when the news broke, uh, if you can call it that, of the sideline weed sunflower seeds fiasco, <laughs> I was uh, very ready for the Josh Gordon has now been suspended for three <laughs> years following the incident yeah. at the Browns game. They just sub throw that automatic away. suspension for Josh Gordon. No question. Well, we have, well, about as stacked of a show as we've had all year long. Uh, yeah. you know, and, and as much was, uh, to be expected as we are two weeks away now from the regular season, preseason is done. We have some quarterback news to get to a couple little notes and things like that. But the big news of the day, the big reason for this show is that we are getting ready for our season prediction. So today is the Let's NFC. Go. We're going to break down, uh, how we see the NFL, uh, the NFC shaping up. And then next week, of course, will be the AFC rankings. So we'll get to that. Uh, next week so today's all nfc talk really looking forward to it we uh went on a a, a fun website where you get to uh it's called the playoffpredictors.com you basically get to pick every single game of the whole season and they aggregate it all into uh records for you and and stack the seating as is and so we have our seatings down we have the divisional uh breakdown as well so uh Kind of looking through some of these teams' schedules, we'll be able to give a little yeah. bit of insight into kind of how we came uh, to these results. So really looking forward to that. But first, uh, some uh, just uh, general info that we need to get out there since it has been a couple weeks. By the way, congratulations. You are now uh, Mr. Mark Haspin. 
Look at Good it. Stuff. Look at that. Look at the. Bling. It's the Ring of Power. Of listening. I have been doing. I have been doing so many Lord of the Rings like Gollum, uh, Ring of Power type things. I also. I, hey, I and you learn- have a Sam there yeah. with you to, to, to hang on to the ring for you. It's true. I have my Samwise Ganji, my co-host yeah. Sam, on my morning show. I will say that's the hardest thing is I grab my microphone all the time when I talk, and oh, I grab it, it clanks, with my right? left hand. And if you can hear that. Slightly, I have, I have been. I've had to uh, adjust. It's so hard, you know. Listen, it's it's hard being uh, the luckiest guy on the planet, being married to an incredible, beautiful woman. So it's uh, is there adjustments I have to make? Yeah, yeah. You just you, you got to go with the flow. Uh, fresh off the honeymoon, is that correct? Yes, back, yeah, ready yeah. to go, feeling good, feeling energized, and honestly, ready for football. I caught a li- I caught like the second half of Nebraska Northwestern when we were at uh, at a bar and uh and enjoying some uh some libations and uh it just seeing the helmet seeing the colors seeing football I'm so ready I'm just so ready to plug and play let's go and it's such a bummer that the college football slate isn't better this week and it's it's okay there's sure. one or two games you got to watch but it is uh it's so ready for next Thursday night going to touch on a a couple real quick things here before we get yeah. uh into it Rory McIlroy, he did it. Mm. You know, I, I'm really happy for large. the guy. Be, be, Third a big time fan of his. Yeah, yeah. It's just, you know, it, it was a rough year in terms of he was so good and couldn't once again get that major that he's been heavily seeking for so long. Um, you know, what, what has it been? 2015 since the last time he won a major? I mean, it's been a very long time. Um, but to see him come back again and win the tour championship, you know, kudos to him. He he won the one that mattered. He won the one that brought 18 million with it. So, yeah. Well, and you know what? It's, it's, um, he had an, uh, obviously a, a kind of a resurgent year, just getting his name back out he there. He did. Yeah. I mean, he was, you know, he was top five in, in however many yeah. tournaments. This and the open, I mean, he had, a, he had, he had all of us on the edge of our seat going into Sunday yes. at the open to try to make history. And, uh, I, Scotty Scheffler had a terrific Saturday, but, uh, Rory had a better Sunday Phenomenal and, year for him too. Obviously. Yeah. I, and you know what? The FedEx playoffs, I've never been, it's still nothing that I feel like is much watch. Um, and I don't understand it all completely how it all makes sense, but, um, it does, it definitely feels like looking back at this year, the fact that Rory and Scotty Scheffler, and it would have been Zalatoris, but I think he had to pull out because of an injury and, he, and poor guy ended up losing the option to have, he could have like the worst he could have finished would have been like, like fifth or something like that. And, you know, yeah. he lost millions because of it. So that seems oddly unfair, but um, those are the three guys who, when you look back at this season, seem like they had the biggest years. And uh, certainly the PGA tour needs those guys because uh, they are, they're kind of their bread and butter with tiger right now fighting against the live tour. Yes, absolutely. For sure. Uh, we also had a record uh, breaking uh, weekend or maybe it was actually last week. Mickey Mantle yeah. card, a rookie card, very rare rookie card, sold for a record $12.6 million in an industry that has really seen a massive boom in the last decade, sports memorabilia. I read somewhere it has gone from a you know high millions to low billions and now a $26 billion industry of sports memorabilia, but the highest price point for any one piece of sports memorabilia right there. Guy point six million. Guy bought it in the nineties for fifty K. Yeah. Talk about a return yeah. on investment. A return yeah, that is uh th- that worked out pretty well Insane. for that guy. Wild stuff. No question about it. All right. Um 
Tom Brady, Thomas Brady, the 45-year-old quarterback, if you don't know who that is, uh, yeah. has been voted by his peers as the number one player in the NFL in the NFL top 100, I know yeah. that these uh, you take those with a grain of salt a lot of times. It happens to be a popularity contest. Still pretty cool though that a 45 year old guy who's uh, you know still in, in playing at an elite level, uh, getting recognized as the goat of the sport, not just uh, at his position all time. Yeah, I mean, I think this is on page like eight of his legacy as far as importance goes, but it is cool. So. You're absolutely right, and uh, you know Brady. I'm all for the love for Tom Brady. I have been the last couple of years um, just because as you get older and, and you mature as a sports fan as well, you do as much as I hate how many times he's one and my team can't win anything. You, you do just appreciate the fact, or you have to have some appreciation for the fact that, you know, certain eras and people you, you get to live through eras of, of sports greatness. And the fact that we're, we've gotten to watch the Tom Brady era from beginning to end um, is, is pretty remarkable. Cause there's going to be a lot of, there's gonna be a lot of kids in 20, 30 years from now, when they look at the record books, they have to deal with who the heck was this Tom Brady. And all they get to do is see a man who only looks like he's 50 when he's actually in his seventies, uh, hawking something on TV and yeah. then like old YouTube highlights and we'll be able to say like, no, 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 we, we live through that era of greatness. But again, I, you know, my stance on the NFL top 100, I think it is the least trustworthy ranking of anything. PFF, uh, they, some of their rankings are odd, but I mean, at least they have some legitimate statistical things to back them up that they stick by as yes. well. The, the, yeah, the, the, the players just go off a of field. That's why. Yeah. There is something to be I mean, said. You literally like, have players admitting, I won't vote for O linemen because I think they're lazy and fat. It's like, well, that does, yeah. it's not how this should work. Yeah, 100%. And honestly, I mean, they are the experts at what they do. And yet, the people who study what they do in a holistic way is, uh, is sometimes more credible because, look, these guys yeah. have a job. They focus on their performance, their uh -huh. upcoming opponent, while the rest of analysts are literally studying every single team all yeah. the time players uh they're they're really kind of diving deep into everyone whereas these guys got to dive deep into their craft because that's the how players, they win games the players vote should only be able to vote for the players of their own position if they want to give some more legitimate credibility and they can't vote yeah, for themselves yeah that's a fair point yeah. you know what i mean you can't vote for I yourself i often wonder you know how is a receiver talking about what uh, you know, this D tackled, I, and I know they watch film and study yeah. these guys for sure, but it does, it does seem weird. You know, sometimes when they're talking about a play, I'm like, they told them to say this because there's no way that they know that play, uh, you know, especially when it's not like a, a popular play that happened. It's just yeah. like, oh yeah, a routine tackle for a loss that happened or something. No sports journalist is going to end up on this list. So there's inherently less bias then anyone who has a chance to end up on this list, whenever they vote, there's going to be inherent bias. So it's just one of those lists. It's um, again, lists in general are obviously subjective and crazy and, and, and meant to a lot of times to get clicks, but yeah. uh, it, it, we, we digress. Good for Tom. Good for Tom. Good stuff there. All right. Let us, well, okay. Before we get into the meat and potatoes, we'll wrap up the housekeeping with some quarterback talk. It has been, Made official, Baker Mayfield is getting the start in Carolina yeah. to begin the season. Not a shocker by any means, but your thoughts on that move? Well, I mean, uh, Darnold's now going to miss a couple weeks, and uh, and yes. Corral's out the whole season, so 
Uh, they should be calling for uh, Mason Rudolph right now. I will. They trade should, you Mason well, Rudolph. PJ Walker. I like PJ Walker. No, he's, he's fine. He's fine. He's fun. But, but I you think, need three. Um, I mean, if Baker gets injured, they have to make at least some sort of call because you need a guy. You need at least two quarterbacks going in every game. You have to have at least two quarterbacks going in every game. Um, I'll just say this: I think he was going to win it anyways. I love that we get Carolina, Cleveland, Week One. And I almost appreciate it more that Deshaun Watson's not playing because Baker's get a chance. I'm very interested to see what the the reaction. I think the Carolina crowd is going to be very behind Baker at home versus Cleveland. I think it's going to be um, very, very, very big. And I think Carolina wins it. I, I'll already go on a limb and say I, I like Carolina in that game. And I think my rankings here as we get to them will start to reflect that. Yeah, I, I have the same as well. It'll be uh, an interesting one in the same week where we get uh, Russell Wilson back against the Seahawks. Yeah. That brings with it maybe almost a little bit less of a flair, given they're a little bit further apart team-wise. I don't think anyone's picking the yeah. Seahawks to win that game. Uh, no, whereas the Browns, no, 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 no. Uh, Panthers could, could be a little interesting for sure. Yeah, for sure. And there's the chippiness involved as well. All right, let's get into it. Let's dive in head first with our NFC rankings for the 2022 season. I'm looking forward to this one. This There were a couple surprises, I will say. There were uh, a couple notable things, and, and I guess we'll probably touch on this as we go along. For me, there were about two or three things where I said, this is really what I think is going to happen. And then after picking all of the the teams and the, the games, it turned out to not be the case. Uh, yeah. Whether it was be whether it be that I thought teams were a little bit better than they ended up being or vice versa. So it was interesting to pan out. Um, but, you know, I'll start with you. How, how do you want to go? You should we go division by division on this yeah, one. Let's go division by division that way. I think the easiest one to start with is the AFC, excuse me, the NFC South. So I, I'd like to start there and I'll Good. just jump into it. I have um, Tampa Bay winning the division and they have a record at the end of the year, 12 and five, in my opinion. Okay. I think Tampa is going to be one of those teams that has a couple absolute duds and there's going to be a couple games in there, maybe even week one at Dallas where you're like, Whoa, this team is uh, maybe a little less um, uh, organized defensively at times. I think they, you know, they have, they brought in Akeem Hicks, but you know, it's kind of filled the Nick Dominican Sioux role. Um, obviously Julio Jones, uh, but I think there's going to be times where Brady, um, Looks a little older. I think there's going to be times offensively they're going to maybe struggle a bit. Their offensive line without Jensen is not as good as it should be. Uh, but I think overall they go 6-0 in division. So once you go 6-0 in division, it's not hard for me to find six other wins for this Tampa team, even though it's a really – they have a tough schedule. I think in the games they lose, you'll you'll realize Tampa may not be exactly a Super Bowl front runner because I think they're going to, they're going to maybe lose some games ugly to some good teams, but I think they'll be able to beat up on bad teams. And uh, I like them to get to 12 and five. I have um, new Orleans in second place in the division only at six and 11. I really don't know how to feel about this new Orleans team. Jameis. I, I don't know how healthy he is going into the season. hundred uh, percent. There is no Sean Payton anymore. They have good personnel, but I just, I mean, this division is bad, so I think they will. They can easily pick up wins, but as easy as it for me to say, New Orleans could go two and zero versus Carolina and two and zero versus Atlanta. I also could see them slipping up a game against those two teams. Um, I have them at six and eleven. It would not shock me if they are closer to five hundred 
in that playoff realm. I don't think this is a team, though, that bottoms out. I think there's too much talent for them to bottom out. So I'll have them in the lower end, maybe, of their win total at 6-11. and 11. Carolina coming in at uh, third in the division, 5-12. and 12. Uh, Carolina, I think, is a team that starts hot early, like they kind of did last year. And then again, I think things just fall apart. I don't trust the quarterback play. I think Matt Rule is the lame duck. Even if Matt Rule has a great coaching year, I think the organization is ready to move on from him. I think the organization is ready to move on from Baker, Sam, all of them. I, I think they, they, you know, David Tapper is the type of guy who wants a new coach and a new quarterback and to start that process of them together, maybe even a new GM. And so Caroline, I think, is going to have some turmoil. But again, there's a lot of bad teams in the NFC, so I don't see them bottoming out. I mean, they could easily get to seven wins maybe on the high end, uh, but I think five is where I feel good about them being um, Atlanta, I have them coming in at fourth in division. Atlanta, three and 14. This is a team that I think wants to lose games. I think they're confident in their coach. I think they're okay with their coach. And I think this team could end up winning a couple more games. Um, and I think early on, they could they could actually steal a couple wins. Their schedule's fairly easy early. Uh, but in the end, their goal is to lose games. And I think you know, in a set 18-game season, so, you know, over the course of 18 games, 17 games played, Marks Marion and Desmond Ritter are going to lose you more games than they're going to win you. And I and so I think Atlanta ends up closer to the number one overall pick. I'll put them at three and 14. Three and 14 for the Atlanta Falcons. I, I think the, uh, you know, as we were looking to both the AFC and how the NFC rankings uh, shook out, there was a lot more basement level material in the NFC. Yeah. Uh, the, there was just some really, really bad that I ended up with here in the NFC as compared to the AFC. Although of course there are the, some duds there as well, but um, that that's interesting. I I'm pretty similar in my takes, although one of the surprises for me came in this division. So I'll start off with the Buccaneers. I think they win the division as well. Not a hot take. I do have them going five and one. I have them losing, uh, you know, just one game to, to someone. Uh, I believe it's the Panthers I have them losing to, but it could easily just be the Saints instead. Um, 11 and six for me. And and that's mainly because, and, and honestly, this is one team. There are some teams here where it's a I tough feel schedule. it's a tough schedule. And there are some teams here where I feel very confident that this is honestly, in terms of this record, I feel pretty good about it being a solidified record. Whereas other teams, I'm saying I could go one get one win, one loss the other way. I feel very confident about Tampa Bay at 11 and six, primarily because I think I think this is kind of their ceiling uh, because of the the extra year of age. This team isn't getting any younger. I didn't. I don't see how they got much better uh, as a as a team as a whole. Um, you know, they lost Gronk. They lose the security blanket there. They lose some offensive linemen, and it's it's interior offensive linemen. Really tough for Tom Brady uh, when he's got that interior pressure staring him down. So for those reasons, I took them down a peg uh, at the 11-6 uh, mark there to win the division. I do have the Panthers in second, however, and uh, at 7-10. and 10, I see them having a two-win swing from where they've been the last couple of seasons. And honestly, I think most of it just comes down to it being Baker Mayfield and Christian McCaffrey's back. Uh, so if they can get half a season's worth out of Christian McCaffrey, I see this as being an easy seven-win ball club that you feel comfortable with seeing some marginal improvement. 
although it's clearly not enough to get them anywhere close to a playoff berth just yet. So it's going to be tough for Matt Rule and company for sure. Uh, but we, we get to the point here where uh, where Baker Mayfield is. So you good had enough. seven and eleven for Carolina. Seven and seven and ten. Oh, sorry about ten. To get them to get them a couple wins on his own. Baker Mayfield there. The Saints is what surprised me because honestly, I do think that they're a decent team. But what it ended up being for me at the end was a five and twelve season for them. And part of that is just because I just, man, we really need to see it from Jameis. And I'm not yeah. sure without Sean Payton there, without that security blanket and, and the guru offensively, I think they're going to like lean in hard to Alvin Kamara this season and really rely on him. Michael Thomas, Chris Olave being there with Jarvis Landry, certainly helpful for, uh, you know, an, an average quarterback and what they have with Jameis. But it's it's a division that is gettable fairly, but the rest of their schedule is just a little bit tough. I, I just didn't see it with the Saints to pull out enough wins here yeah. to get them past five. But they're one of those that I could see having yeah. one or two game swing uh, in the, in their favor. Finally, it's the Falcons in the basement with four wins, a four and 13 season for them. It's not a very good team. And, uh, you know, Marcus Mariota's fine. Uh, I don't, but I see him as, you know, bottom five starting quarterbacks in the league going into the year. Kyle Pitts is great. They're going to have some great moments. They're going to be playing from behind a lot. So they're going to probably have some beefed up stats through the air, but the run game concerns me and the defense just is nowhere near where it needs to be to get them remotely in the conversation of having a significant jump forward. So I have them there at four and 13 in the basement, uh, but three and three in the division. So we're right there. I mean, all of our stuff is pretty much right on. And, and I think we see this division the same way. Tampa's the class. They're the only ones that can make a playoff run from this division. Anyone else who makes a playoff run from this division, in my opinion, would be shocking. If Carolina, New Orleans, or Atlanta was in the playoffs uh, at the end of the year, I would, uh, I will certainly be, uh, happily sitting, you know, and eating crow and, you know, because I, sure. I just don't see it. I just don't see it, but uh, uh, it's interesting. All right. You want, yeah, and, you, you and want Tampa to... is the, is the one team I'll say, like, if you're a fan of the Buccaneers, uh, this is one of those, you know, enjoy it while you can, because yeah. we're not going to do our playoff predictions here, but this is a team that's going to just be getting by all year long to me. I don't see them blowing the lid off of a lot of people. Yeah. Uh, but It'll I do see them competing, and they're a tough team. They're still a tough out the regardless. Hardest, the hardest so. thing for Tampa always is the wide receiver health. I mean, if Mike Evans has yeah. a healthy year and if Julio Jones stays healthy, I mean, if those guys both play in 16, 15, 16 games, Tom Brady with those guys, uh, and I mean, I, I think they could get sure. – they could get they could score a lot of red zone points. If they can get to the red zone, they could score a lot of red zone points. Um, That's fair. All right, Dan, I want to move on to the to the um, NFC East. Is that cool with you? Let's do it. I'm good with the NFC East. Absolutely. All right. So I have uh, atop the NFC East at 11 and six, the Philadelphia Eagles. Uh, I think the Eagles take a step forward this year. They were that surprise team that made the playoffs in the NFC last year. I think they take a step forward. I, I think Jalen Hurts, at the end of the year, you'll still have questions about him. But I think overall, this team is the type of team that I think is going to really take advantage of the Giants and the Commanders in division. I think they could easily split with Dallas. And the rest of their schedule is surprisingly easy and manageable. If you look at, uh, let me try to pull it up here, Philadelphia's schedule. 
that I, I couldn't, I, as I was going through it, I just was so shocked. I mean, they have Detroit, they have Minnesota, they have Jacksonville on the schedule out of division. They have Houston on the schedule out of division, Chicago, New Orleans. I mean, those are all really winnable games when you start to look at it and the tough ones, maybe at Indianapolis, but that's later in the season. You never know what could happen. Um, uh, you know, you have an, uh, a home against Tennessee later in the season. It's December in Philly, you know, at Arizona. I think they're maybe just as good as Arizona, a little less talented, but could they steal a win in Arizona? Quite possibly. So I, I felt Philly is a, a team that had a really positive schedule, and I feel like they're just on the up and up. Good draft. I love bringing in A.J. Brown, second year in that system. I think things are pointing in the right direction for Philly. And I think all that combined with the fact that their division just around them got worse um, or not that much better, I think really helps them. I'll take Dallas in second. We were talking about this before we start recording. I'm not a Dallas Cowboys fan. I hate the Dallas Cowboys. They just annoy the crap out of me. The fan base does uh, just the, the, all the fact that they're on first take every single bleeping day. I think Dallas really has an up and down season. I think there's too much talent there if the pieces stay healthy in the bad NFC to miss the playoffs. Um, so I have them uh, at 10 and seven. I have them though easily. Uh, I could see them easily hovering right about 500 or below it for most of the season. Uh, but I do think that Dallas, their schedule is favorable at times. There's some stretches where they could reel off some wins, uh, especially as I said, in division, I could see them easily going, 4-0 against the Giants and Washington. And again, if they split with Philly, all of a sudden you're 5-1 and one in division. Can the Cowboys find five other wins in their, in their schedule? Quite possibly. Um, I think I wouldn't even put, a sh put it behind Dallas to win week one on that Sunday night football. It's kind of a shocker. Uh, I think Tampa could get off to a slow start this year. Um, so uh, Dallas at 10-7. And, and then I'll go to the Commanders at 6-11. and 11. Really hard team to predict. I like pieces. I like the, I like Ron Rivera. I just, you also now are reading stuff that chase young is on the pup list. Uh, so their defense won't be a hundred percent early in the season. Um, their field is always uh, unpredictable. I, I just think they're a, again, they're a bad franchise that adding Carson Wentz, he was in a great situation for himself last year and he melted down in bad moments. I think Carson Wentz, even if he plays just as well as he did last year, and I think that's a big if. I don't think there's enough around them. I don't think that the rest of this Washington roster is as good as the Indy roster. And the coachings is good. So I will have them taking a, a step to just around the middle. Maybe they could get to close to 500. That would be the absolute ceiling I'd see for Washington 6-11. and 11. And that's if Carson Wentz plays his lights out. And I just don't see that happening. I'll take the Giants at the very bottom of the barrel, 3-14. and 14. I think the wheels fall off quickly for this giant season. I don't think they're a badly coached team. I think they're a team that you'll see they're uh, at times competitive and you see the foundation there. I don't think it's going to be Brian Dable's fault. I think they like their head coach and their new GM. I just think they realize they don't have the quarterback of their future. And I think they realize they need to reset as an organization. And even in a bad NFC, I don't think there's many wins for them. It's a tough schedule. I think that Eagles and Dallas are much better than them in division. Uh, better quarterbacks for sure, better coaching. Uh, well, not necessarily, but I just think they're just more poised to win right now. And Washington, uh, I think, could easily 
two of their six wins go against the Giants. I, I, I don't I don't have high hopes for the Giants this year. So what was your schedule that you or your record that you had for the Cowboys again? I had them at ten and seven. 10 and I have them at okay. ten and seven. I have them finding uh, double digit wins, and uh, I just think that Dak Prescott. Uh, I think that C.D. Lamb. I think their defense is going to take a step back, but I think it's still a lot of good pieces on that defense. And again, I just think their schedule is actually pretty workable all things considered. And a lot of that is because they're just bad in division. Fair enough. Um, we have a little bit of a disagreement when it comes to the Dallas Cowboys, but we'll get there in a moment. All right. We are lockstep in terms of the hierarchy of this division. And uh, I have the Eagles at 11 and six as well, uh, winning this coming in as the uh, four seed here. Uh, ironically enough, I have them going three and three in the division and the Cowboys going five and one in the division, but we'll get there in a moment. Yeah. The, uh, for, for all the things you said, we don't need to rehash it all. I think Jalen hurts is going to take a step forward this year with the offense. He's gotten help. He's got another year under the, uh, uh, microscope, if you will. And kind of given that, you know, uh, sense of, um, yeah, security within this, um, you know, coaching staff, I think they put their trust into him and I think he'll take that step forward as well. Uh, with those new additions that you mentioned, I think they've drafted extremely well. Jordan Davis is going to be a monster there. I think their defense got instantly better. Uh, and and that defensive front is going to be a force all season long. going to be tough to run on them. And so I just, I see a lot of good with the Eagles and a lot of progression. Whereas a lot of these other teams, as you mentioned, we saw them either get worse or not get better enough as compared to the Philadelphia Eagles. So I think it's actually a pretty smooth um, route to a NFC East championship for them uh, going into this year. And come the end of the I year, agree. I think they're going to be sitting pretty. I have the Cowboys at eight, nine, to end eight, the year. nine. And so, and, and this is one, honestly, where I, uh, another one of those where I feel pretty comfortable with the record. I could maybe see a nine and eight. I can't see them get to 10. Uh, and I, I probably can't see them get as low as seven or certainly not six. Uh, the talent is there. You're perfectly right about that. I have them. The the reason I say is uh, that we had a disagreement was about the schedule. I, I have them going five and one in the division, but I have them just absolutely melting down after that and going three and eight the rest of the way. And that's because, the likes of playing the Vikings, playing the Bengals, the Rams, uh, you know, the uh, Titans, like these are some matchups here. Where I, well, I, I, agree. I, I think they've got a tough sledding, you know, on that road. And I don't think, you know, they, they do have some easy ones, some softball Lions, matchups, the Texans, Texans the Jags. Jags, Bears. But, I mean, but I see, go, I, I have the Bears and... winning that game. Uh, yeah. I have the Bears being the Cowboys as one of those where you're like, I don't expect it, but. Well, it they're, certainly they're could be. They're going to find a way to get it. It certainly could um, be, and I think, I think, I, but I think that's where the Cowboys are hard to predict. I agree with you because they, they are. I think I, I will get to it here with the Vikings. I don't, I don't feel that strongly about. I feel very similar about the Vikings and the Cowboys. I think they're about the same type of team. So there's a lot of coin flip type games. You're absolutely right. Um, I just think the loss of of um, Amari, Amari Cooper, Cooper. Yeah. The now loss of. Uh, you know, two offensive linemen, including yeah. their, you know, star left tackle. That's, that's going to weigh on this team that wants to run with through Zeke. Jerry Jones has said as much. 
Uh, I don't know if you want to be relying as much on him as your, you know, franchise quarterback in this situation. We'll see how that plays out. I think they're super thin in terms of depth. And that worries me a lot because yeah. they are one wide receiver injury, especially from God being forbid, a bad... the CD lamb yeah. from being comp- like d- decimated entirely. Bad. They are very top heavy in terms of how their roster is constructed. And I don't think that has staying power across the season. That's why I have them at eight and nine. And to me, it's only Dak Prescott that gets them to that point. Um, I'm interested to see where the rest of it, because again, you got to find seven teams to make the playoffs. And I just, and you look around the NFC, when you put talent out there, I think Dallas has got one of the, certainly one of the top seven most talented rosters in the NFC. So I, I lean a little bit towards that, especially when I'm doing these predictions early. So I am, I'm fascinated to see where we get to the other. coming out of one division. Ah, okay. Uh, so we'll, so we'll, I'm that, that's it, where I make it up for sure. It's going to be uh, the West. I know it. I know it. And I know you're going to disagree with me when we get there, but all right, let's keep <laughs> going. So you have Dallas at, at, at eight, and nine. at eight, and nine. Uh, one of the other surprises for me was Washington. I did think I would have them right around seven wins, uh, but it ended up being five and 12 in lockstep with the New York giants, but one spot ahead, given the tiebreaker. So Giants are um, five and twelve as well. So the Giants are five and twelve as well, and fourth place in the division as they lose the tiebreaker to yeah. Washington. I just, you know, Carson Wentz is an upgrade. There's no question at quarterback for them. But every every win, extra win he gives you, he probably gives you a, a loss somewhere where you should win, just because of you know a crazy play here and there that doesn't go your way. Um, obviously, uh, you know, we, we forgot to mention at the top of the show, crazy story about their rookie running back, Brian Robinson yeah, getting shot, getting shot twice in an apparent carjacking. He is in stable condition. They expect him to be released from the hospital. It's great news. But, um, outside of like Antonio Gibson and Terry McLaurin, there, there's not much, uh, that really excites you. We, we have an unproven rookie. That's going to have to get a lot of time. Yeah. There, Jahan Dotson. I just don't know how I feel about Washington in general. Like I said, I thought I'd probably have them at seven wins. Turns out I, I had them at five, and I'm just sticking with it based on how the, this record uh, played out and how these games played out. Um, and no, two and I four mean, in the division for both. We're not the too far. We're not too far off there. I I think we're yeah. not too far off. I mean, you have and we Dallas, have the seeding down. Yeah, you uh, have Dallas as a board, you have Dallas as a borderline. Maybe they make it. Maybe they don't. Around five hundred. And uh, I have I have them as a wild card team, so we're we're not too far off there. Um, do you want to go to the West now? We can we can make yeah. Our way let's out go west, to the West. I'll um. There's uh, some. Co- I'll I'll share my hierarchy here in the West and let right. you you react to it. Go for I, it. I, I I am I'm curious to see uh what your thoughts are. And honestly, Seattle, by God, God bless them. They are yeah. They are gonna Gino. be trying hard. Um. No, I, I have the Rams are repeating as division champs. And, um, you know, we'll, we'll talk about uh, playoff predictions later on in the season as we get closer down that road. But, uh, you know, I just think they didn't lose much. They gained Bobby Wagner. Yeah. Uh, they gained Allen Robinson. Robinson. Yeah. They start the year off with injury at running back. Never a good place to start. But Cam Akers they did it last very year. much on the back end. Yeah. They, they And they somehow got through it. Um. So look, if Cam Akers is back uh, healthy for the majority, if not uh, the entire season, it's going to be just a really hard team to beat. Uh, but that being said, I think that they they have a tougher road in terms of their schedule it is and their brutal. slate. 
So that's why I have them kind of like this division is just a slugfest and they're going to beat that crap out of each other. I have the Rams at 11 and six here to win the division in a, in a close race. Six. Okay. I have San Francisco coming in number two at 10 and seven. Trey Lance, I have a ton of questions about. This is a pure Kyle Shanahan. Yeah. I, I have faith in the guy that he's going to get it done. Look, they won five games a couple years ago when Jimmy G went down with the likes of CJ Beathard and Nick Mullins. I I firmly believe that Kyle Shanahan knew and, and yeah. has a, had a couple years now to figure out what he wants to do with Trey Lance. I don't think they're going to be that bad. And uh, And look, I mean, they just paid Debo a bunch of money. It seems that they've got the running back room uh, somewhat intact. And uh, Trent Williams, the best left tackle in the game. And their defense is really solid. Nick Bosa, if he stays healthy, he's going to, you know, be a push for defensive player of the year. Uh, like I said, like, I'm not expecting them to be world beaters. But yeah. at 10 and 7, I think it's a fair, um, a fair record to have them at. They're one, though, that I could see a game swap either either way. And then I have 10 and seven for the, the Cardinals as well. I have them both kind of slugging it out to the end. San Fran just gets the tiebreaker over the Cardinals because of the division record. Um, the, the Cardinals are similar things too. I mean, look, they're going six games without DeAndre Hopkins. Uh, and then it, it's Kyler Murray. Look, he's great. He's super talented. But obviously, you know that. We, we have questions just about the season-long production uh, of this team. I think their offense will largely be fine, but there's still question marks on defense and they're in such a difficult division. I can't really, you know, slate them in much more than 10 wins, but I think the 10 wins is enough here. And I think they have enough firepower in general that they should be a playoff team. Yeah. Playoff time. So I have them as the seven seed and the final team to get into the wild card here in the NFC playoffs. And finally it's the Seattle Seahawks dreadful two and 15 they're just not i i just don't see it if they make a trade for jimmy g we'll talk about them getting an extra few wins absolutely but um dk metcalf dk metcalf terry mclaurin those are the guys and that's about it here so two and 15 for them in the basement oh and six in division but that is how i have the nfc west shaking out do you mean doug baldwin not terry mclaurin did I say Terry McLaurin? You said Terry McLaurin. Oh, I meant Tyler Lockett. Tyler Lockett. That's what I meant. And that's what I meant. Tyler Lockett. Tyler Lockett. Yeah, yeah. Hey, we're yeah, experts, DK Metcalf folks. and Tyler Lockett. We are uh, experts here. That's right. We're going deep well, tracks only. I have a lot to react to that. I, I think, listen, I love the Rams this year. I, I think the Rams, it's weird how much I love a, a defending Super Bowl champion. Um, and just cause I love them in the regular season, I, obviously you never know what happens when you get to the postseason. I, I think the Rams have a brutal schedule. It's very tough, but there are some stretches on there where you think, oh, okay, they can, they can, they can rack together some wins. The key for the Rams is obviously going to be staying healthy. I have the Rams actually going 13 and four. I, when I went All through right. this, I kept finding my way to be like, I like the Rams in this spot. Listen, I think, you know, I think they can go six and oh in division. I really do. I, I, and I know that's bold because it's tough, but I, I mean, Seattle is brutal. I think they, in that playoff point against the Cardinals, they showed a physical dominance and kind of a mental dominance over Arizona. And I think Arizona, remember they're missing 
they have an early season matchup against Arizona, and Arizona is missing um, Hopkins. They could be missing Brown still. We don't know yet. It's going to come down to that situation with his arrest. They have some shakiness to start the season. I think it's um, uh, I, I think it's very plausible. And they get San Francisco early too, in a game where. Uh, both those games against San Francisco are before the bye week for the Panthers to where Trey Lance, I I think there's going to be huge up and down swings with Trey Lance. And when he is faced with Aaron Donald bearing down on him and Bobby Wagner, I love Kyle Shanahan too, but the kid is so inexperienced and I just don't know what to believe yet in him. So I, I'm very high on the Rams in that way. I have them at 13 and three, number one overall seed in the NFC and uh, and winning the N- NFC West, I have the Cardinals at ten and seven, just like you do. I have a, again. I feel like they're going to have this kind of roller coaster of a year. There will be stretches where it's like, damn, those Cardinals, man, they can just put up points. Kyler Murray is special, but do I trust them in the biggest spots of the biggest games? No. I mean, we saw it last year. They folded like a like a uh, like a lawn chair at the end of the season, and this offseason was tumultuous. And I don't know if I mean I know Cliff Kingsbury got his extension. Kyler Murray got his extension. It's supposed to be all kumbaya. I just don't feel it's that way in Arizona. So I think there's going to, they may not live up to the talent they have in that roster. And defensively, there's nice pieces, but they're old. And I think that, you know, besides Buda Baker, who's like in their prime as the star on that defense, I, I just don't, I don't see it. So I, I, I worry about them defensively. Um, and again, Arizona's the type of team that I could see them struggling in division. I could see them splitting with the Niners, losing both to the Rams, winning both against the Seahawks, and it's all of a sudden they're just kind of three and three in division, and they have a tougher out-of-division schedule because, again, they were a playoff team last year. Uh, I have the Niners at eight and nine. I The Niners, to me, are okay. the hardest team to predict in all of football. They are the hardest team to predict in football because this is a roster – this is a roster that is really, really good. Offensively, it is incredible. You listed the names, Debo, Kittle, uh, 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 Will, uh, Rich, uh, Williams, the tackle, uh, and again, Kyle Shanahan. I mean, he is a weapon in of itself in the way they design. Ayuk does, is a really good player. Ayuk, it yeah. doesn't matter who's playing running back. They will, they will have massive holes to run through in great schemes. But Trey Lance, as much as I've liked what I've seen in action in preseason, there's also been times from the reports out of camp where it's like dude was one from 15 today with a couple bad picks and just wildly inaccurate. I've read reports and heard reports that they have the the Niners brought in quarterback gurus throughout camp to work on mechanical stuff. I think this kid could pop early in the season, but there's going to be a, I I could see the Niners going on like a four game losing streak. They have a, it's a tough schedule They're They were a playoff team. They have, they have to play top of the end scheduling they play, uh, you know, uh, a lot of playoff teams from last year. And hi- injury history with the Niners has not been great. They also lost Mike McDaniels. like, And they also lost Robert Sala the year before. Like, they, this is a team that has been at their peak for a while. So if the Niners, you know, take a step back in that way as well, it wouldn't shock me. That's and, fair. And, and, if yeah. the, and if Lance plays brilliantly, then this team will will easily make the playoffs. So – I'm ready to eat my hat on this one as well and say I'm 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 predicting the Niners to miss the playoffs because I just don't know with with Trey Lance. I think there's going to be the flashes, but I think this kid's going to have a real bumpy ride at times, and um and so I think that in the end keeps them out of the playoffs along with the fact that it's a tough schedule, it's a tough division, 
injuries are always a part of it. Uh, and, and, and that can happen. So uh, I'm going to roll, I'm going to roll on the side that they don't make the playoffs. And then finally Seattle. Yeah. Brutal two and 15. I mean, a- unless they make some real changes offensively, you're starting the season with Geno Smith. That is absolutely the worst quarterback starter in the NFL to start the season. And, and I don't think it's frankly close Mitchell Trubisky, Marcus Mariota, I think we'd all take Jameis Winston all in a much better spot um, than Geno Smith uh, for an organization that clearly has a defensive coach, has a mindset right now that they're in a rebuilding year. I don't think there's much to argue there, 2-15. and 15. So yeah. we're on different sides of the coin. You have a little more faith that it's going to go well with Trey Lance. I have a little more faith that it's going to be rocky. And so that's why the Niners were on different sides sure. of the playoff aisle with the Niners. I will admit that there's a lot of variables there with San Francisco. They're Huge. extremely tough to predict. Um, I'm, I'm staking some confidence there in the head coach yeah. for sure. And that's valid. Uh, the, the, the thing about the Rams, I, I will say before we move on here, is this, the only reason I have I, – I, I consider their 11-6 and six to be extremely impressive. Yeah, I get that. Because here's the deal. They play the whole AFC West. It's tough. The, the hardest division in football. Then in the, in the two other games, the Buccaneers, the Bills to start the season, like that's those are six games right there that are extremely difficult. Yeah, uh, you know, and and it's just could funny. they go four I, and two in that? I see them probably going three and three over that stretch, and then just you know the variables of an NFL season yeah. can get to them. That's where I got three losses coming out the rest of the way. Um, I just, I think they I, could, I mean, they're the Super Bowl champs for a reason. They're dominant. Right. They brought everyone back. I, yeah. I would not be shocked if they did blow the lid off a lot of people and, and repeat. I think they uh, have some breaks the in the toughness of that schedule. I hate them being at the Packers on Monday night football. Yeah. That's, in that's another one. Yeah. That's, 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 that's an tough. Aaron Rodgers victory, but they get, they get the chargers away. So it's a home game. Right. And and it will be a home game in that same more Rams fans than Chargers fans. They have the Broncos at home. I think that helps them. They don't have to go two mile high and play in the altitude. I'm not as worried about them versus the Bucs. I just think they're a better team than the Bucs. And it's not a primetime game. It's one of those 325 mid-afternoon games in middle of November. It's not going to be 90 degrees in Tampa that game. But it's not a gimme either. You know, that's it's not a gimme, point, but I'm saying know. there's some scheduling. And the game against the Bills. Everyone's so high in the Bills. I love the Rams week one against the Bills. I really okay. do. I, I, I've because got the I Bills just think, winning that one. I know everyone does. Everyone does. And so it's just one of those, I feel like they caught some breaks against their biggest, toughest game. So, again, that's where my mind went with them. And, again, I think adding Allen Robinson is not being talked about enough. Very Allen Robinson Very is an absolute stud, and he gets Matt Stafford with Cooper Cup on the other side. And, and so you – like you – I just think this Rams offense is going to just eat up chunks. It's going to be nothing but easy first down to them. Their offensive line is solid. I know the run game's not brilliant uh, with the injuries, but I, Sean McVay, I mean, I think they're, I think they will be a little bit of a hangover at times. Uh, You know, the Chiefs, they could easily get blown out at Kansas City. They could maybe slip up and lose one of those games in division and in a blowout fashion. But I, I think this is a team that overall just ridiculously talented. And you add guys like a Wagner and an Allen Robinson who are going to bring veteran motivated, like I wasn't here last year. I came here to win. I think they've yeah. built something in a culture in that way that I trust. So let's let's move on. Let's NFC North. NFC um, North. 
I will. I you want? I'll take the lead, or you want to go first here? Uh, I'll go first. I'll, go I'll, for I'll go it. First yeah, go and, for and, it. And, and lay this out for you. Uh, so I have the Packers winning the division. Yeah, twelve okay. and five. Okay. Uh, going five and one in the division, and um, look, I mean, it's just, I th- I think a lot of people are forgetting that. I think they're giving too much credit for Devon to Devonte Adams than the rest oh. of this team. All okay. right. I think Devonte Adams is great. Like he's probably currently the best wide receiver in the game. You can't replace that. There's no question. They still have one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time. I am higher on Alan Lazard, for instance, than I think a lot of other people. I don't consider him a complete trash number one wide receiver i think he's going to be just fine and produce this run game i think is going to be wildly efficient all year long i think they're going to probably lean a little bit heavier into that but it's aj Dillon with another year i think his participation ramps up i think he and aaron jones run the show there and aaron Rodgers is able to feast uh once defenses have to you know uh cater to a guy out of the backfield and this massive thighed man in aj dylan uh, i just think all around and honestly dude, i think their defense is going to be so good like i i think their defense could be a top three defense come season's end i think they're like they, they have that potential i think um so that's kind of where i have them sitting at 12 and 5 there and then i have the vikings at 12 and 5 as well i'm wow. high on the vikings i think the vikings are going to be great i think kirk cousins i'm not going to do a spoiler here on some of the bull predictions I think her cousins could be in co- in conversations come to the end of the year. That's all I'm gonna say. Some some legitimate conversations in come conversations. End of the year. Um, and it's it's probably not the one you think. So that's why I'm gonna I'm gonna leave it a little bit ambiguous there. Um, I have them at twelve and five too. Look, I I mean it's gonna hinge on on some health as well. But Justin Jefferson could easily be like a two thousand first two thousand yard receiver in NFL history. I mean this guy's an absolute stud. Um. Irv Smith, I think, is going to be a breakout tight end for them this year. I think Kevin O'Connell's arrival is going to bring this offense to where it's been needing to go for the probably the past three years. They've had the potential. They got Dalvin Cook. They've got superstar wide receiver. Adam Thielen, one of the best number two wide receivers in the league. Great young tight end. Pretty solid offensive line. I think they have so many pieces here that are waiting. And let's not forget, look, Kirk Cousins is not a, a world beater in terms of, like, being a top five quarterback in the NFL, but the efficiency that I think Kevin O'Connell can lean into with Kirk cousins. I think it's going to take this offense to where it needs to go. I I do have some questions about the defense. I'm not going to lie, but I don't think they're going to be as bad as they were last year. And I still, and I, so for that reason, I think it's going to be a tight race in the NFC North for them the whole season long. And green Bay just edges them based on, it's Green Bay, and uh, they'll get the tiebreaker there somehow. Uh, but yeah, I have the Vikings coming in at twelve and five. There, Bears go eight and nine, uh, barely missing out on the playoffs as an eight seed for me. Uh, I'm I'm higher than I think consensus on the Bears. I think what I've seen from Justin Fields this preseason is very encouraging. What I'm seeing from the O line is anything but. And so I think that's going to be, you know, it's, it's Steelers are in the same boat. Like, like I've, I've been way more encouraged by the quarterback play in Pittsburgh than I thought I would and very underwhelmed by the offensive line play. Bears are similar both there, but I think they have a good enough defense to kind of keep them afloat. 
Uh, and eight, nine, I think is, uh, you know, I don't know. You could speak better to it, but I think that's, you would take that. Um, oh, given absolutely. the state of this team right now. Yeah. And then the lions, um, maybe they did surprise me a little bit here. I thought I could get them to six wins, uh, you know, maybe push for seven. Cause I watching hard knocks, man. And not just that obviously, but, uh, you know, I'm, I'm way more in on Dan Campbell than I thought I would be when we first heard the kneecap thing. I got them at five and 12. Uh, so a couple win improvement for them, uh, but still not enough to, to, you know, push the needle anywhere and uh they got some pieces i think they'll show signs of improvement but again they're the detroit lions and uh you know maybe maybe they're a year or two away from us talking about hey maybe they should be uh a dark horse playoff candidate but not this year all right so uh i we we have some disagreements here i have green Uh, bay uh, at 12 and 5 i have green bay at 12 and 5 winning the division i think everything you just stated green bay is um I don't think it's necessarily overrating uh, Devontae Adams, but I do think Aaron Rodgers, we're going to see a slightly different Aaron Rodgers this year. Rodgers now knows, I think he is never going to not play football for the Green Bay Packers. I think he knows his career is tied to Green Bay. He signs that extension. He's the $50 million man. And I and I think Rodgers is content now realizing, well, you know what? I have to change some narratives. He listens to everything everyone says. And the narrative with, the, with or Aaron has been, if you're not his friend, he doesn't throw you the ball. Look at that playoff game. He only targeted Devontae Adams, and it was a brutal, and they lost in embarrassing fashion. I think Aaron Rodgers will have a big season like he always does. He will probably sweep in division like he always does, and uh, and I think that they'll find wins el- elsewhere in their tough schedule. I have the Bears at nine and eight, second right. place in this second place in this NFC North. I, you know what? I think the Bears schedule is so much more workable than everyone else thinks it is. And when you break it down, I just keep looking at it. And I think if now the offensive line is their biggest, what if I, you know, and, 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 and Roquan Smith and his willingness to be a part of the team this year is obviously going to be a hinge on that as well. I'll take a stab at it. I, I have a hard time not predicting my bears to make the playoffs ever. Uh, and so, yes, maybe did I find a couple wins for them and be generous? I'm sprinkling the wind fairy on them, of course. But I do really like what I've seen from Justin Fields. I think David Montgomery's poised to have a really nice year uh, with the play action game. I think Cole Komet's going to have a really big breakout year. And I think the, the the overblown about the wide receiver core being bad is, I think, exactly that overblown. I think Pringle, St. Brown, and Mooney are all going to have really nice years, especially Darnell Mooney. There's enough depth there and playmakers there with Cole Komet having a big year in the play action, David Montgomery, uh, for me to feel good about it. And defensively, I'm excited to see what Eberflus brings. I think there's going to be an energy on this defense. I think they're going to be uh, flying around. I think they're going to be able to get after the quarterback. And I think Quinn has a lot to play for as well. Robert Quinn, don't forget, he's kind of in this mode where he's like, listen, if they're going to trade me, I want to end up in a good team and I, I want to improve my trade value. Uh, I think he's he's certainly playing for that as well. And so I, I like that. And um, listen, I, I just feel the opposite about the Vikings. I have no faith in Kevin O'Connell. How much of it is, is, is Sean McVay? How much of it is him? He's the offensive coordinator for the Rams. And it's the same thing kind of like um, uh, uh, Mike, uh, what's his name? I can't think of his last name now. With the, with the Mike McDaniel? Dolph- McDaniel. Yeah, yeah. Dolphins, a new head coach. He's the offensive coordinator for, uh, you know, for the Niners. Like how much of it is the head coaches versus how much it is them? Um. 
I don't know. I mean, it's the same thing with Nathaniel Hackett leaving Green Bay and leaving, you know, so these guys are all now in this McVay-Shanahan tree, and I know McVay and Shanahan are great. And now I'm starting to feel like I know, um, you know, uh, that uh, – and I can't, and now his name is escaping me too. The Packers head coach is, is – is, uh, LaFleur, yeah. LaFleur has been really good, but LaFleur also has Aaron Rodgers. So there's a little bit of that difference. So I don't know. I think Kevin O'Connell I, – I listen, something's got to give with Minnesota's it's defense. It's an offensive mind being brought it to Minnesota is. for the first time in and a long time. A long time. And they have a great offensive uh, palette of players. But again, a lot of that revolt, but then you fall on Kirk Cousins. And I just don't know if I'm willing to put the money on it. And, and I, and I, and I get, I get your arguments. I totally get it. And if the, if the Vikings are a, a, a double digit win team and make the playoffs, would it shock me? No. But I'm gonna I'm gonna just if I'm gonna go to the to roulette table, I'm gonna put my money on black, not on 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 red, not on black. And I'm gonna say they have a worse year than a better year. And I think that um the defense is gonna suffer from it. They were a bad defensive team with a defensive head coach. I didn't see I don't see enough improvement defensively. And I like the Lions improving. So I have the I have the Vikings at seven and ten, but the Lions at eight and nine. Holy I found smokes. eight wins for the, the Vikings Lions. are in the basement. I wow. found eight wins for the Lions. I love. I I'm on the Dan Good Campbell Lord. train. I like the Lions. Uh, I I like the Lions to have an offensive year, a kind of a a quiet explosion of an offensive year, and I think that they're going to be really feisty. And I think things could break the way for the Lions again. I'm willing to be wrong on this, but just how I felt as I went through it. It's just how things w- worked out for me, and I'm just going to stick by it. As, op- as opposed to auto-correcting, I'm going to let it ride and say, screw it. The Lions have more wins than the Vikings. Yeah, look, I didn't like having the the Lions at 5-12, and 12, especially because the other 5-12 and 12 teams, the Saints, the Falcons, Washington, New York, I I, I think they're better than all those teams, uh, maybe out, outside of Washington. So, yeah. Um, I, I could c- certainly see that argument. I think it's a pretty bold take to have the Vikings in the basement. Given I know. Uh, all of the star power, but uh, that so is, have, uh, we, we shall see how that pans out. As we close up here, I have the Rams as the one seed, Tampa yep. is the two, Packers three, Eagles four, and then Cards five, Cowboys six, Bears seven. Okay. Let's go! See, that's the thing. So we had a lot of similarities, yet our, our seeding is completely different. I uh, I have the Packers one, Rams two, Bucks three, Eagles four. That's the one commonality we have. And then I've got the, um, we have uh, pa- where's Tampa my five? Two. Uh, we the have Vikings five. No, Tampa's three. Oh, okay. Uh, Rams two, Tampa three, then Minnesota five, San Fran six and Arizona seven. Yeah. I mean, listen, it, you and I, you and I are, uh, I think the Cowboys will have better luck than the Niners. I think they're going to be more up and down. And I like the Bears more than the Vikings. So that's just where we're at. I mean, that's, that's really the only where difference. We're at. But we're both higher on the Bears than the consensus. So we'll we'll take that W together. Of course. Yeah, good stuff. This was fun. I can't wait for the AFC next it's week. Good, the AFC is wild. So, Much yeah, harder. buckle up for that one. Um, but, yeah, that, that's been it for this one. NFC predictions, of course. You can always uh, interact with us on social media. Let us know. Uh, if you agree what your predictions are as well, so hit us up there at FB Lounge Pod. I'm Dan. He's Mark at Dan Vasco at Mark Hespin. And uh, hope you all enjoyed. Come back next week. We're going to have the AFC predictions for you. We're going to have some bold predictions that we need to get to as well. And, uh, yeah, what a doozy of a show coming up. 
before the NFL season kicks off. Stay tuned.